Hey, everyone. David Chen here. Uh, thanks so much for listening to this new podcast project I'm working on with my brother, Michael. I wanted to give a quick note about the audio you're about to hear in the first two episodes of the podcast. Uh, when my brother and I recorded these first two episodes, uh, we decided to use my brother's wife's name rather freely. Uh, we spoke it a bunch of times, and uh, after listening to the first two episodes, we thought, you know what? Uh, maybe let's not have it out there as publicly. My brother and his wife are relatively private people, and so I thought, you know what? Let's just bleep out the name, and maybe starting episode three, we'll use an alias or pseudonym or something like that. Uh, so you're about to hear the episode as it was originally recorded, but with my brother's wife's name bleeped out a bunch. Uh, and so if you hear a bunch of bleeps, that's what that is. And starting episode three, we'll use an alias or something like that. So just wanted to explain what the bleeps are. Thanks and enjoy this episode of the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Next Generation. The Next Generation is a new podcast hosted by me, David Chen, and my brother, Michael Chen. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Dave. <laughs> uh, he, Mike is uh, apprehensive uh, uh, in his voice because I have roped him into this. Uh, and the reason why I'm roped him into this is because Michael Chen is about to have a child. Uh, your your baby is on the way in the next couple weeks. Um, your wife is eight and a half months pregnant at this point, right? Yeah, 37 weeks. Yeah, and, so, and, and change. Uh, and I thought, hey, what better way to uh, force you to talk to me and update me about how it's going than by creating a podcast? Yep. Uh, um, so that's what we're doing here. Yeah, I feel like anyone who knows you knows that anything deep needs to be recorded uh, and possibly broadcast for yeah. uh, whoever wants to hear it. So true. So true. So that's what we're doing here on The Next Generation. Uh, which, by the way, thanks to uh, several Twitter folks for suggesting that name. Uh, and you can find episodes of this podcast at thenextgeneration.com and email us at thenextgeneration at gmail.com. It's like The Next Generation, but with CH instead of a G. So, nice. yeah, I know, it's a clever pun. So, I'm, I'm glad you explained it. Yeah, uh, so let's talk about what we're here to talk about today, which is... I mean, the vision for this podcast is every week or two or every few weeks, I check in with you and see how you're feeling about fatherhood, see what you're encountering, what you're learning, um, and stuff that's mostly I'm interested in stuff that might surprise you, you know, stuff that like uh, you, you didn't anticipate. And the I am hoping that at the end of this podcast, we're going to have at least 20 to 30 listeners. But even if there's fewer than that, uh, the the goal is just to create kind of an audio document of this time in your life and what it was like to have a child and and raise one. And we should point out that like um, you know I, I am married, but we are not pregnant at all at this point. Um, so I uh, do not have a child or a child on the way at this point. But maybe one day I will in the future, and uh, this might be a way for me to learn from your experience as well. So. Uh, Primarily, this is an audio document of uh, your life and, and having a kid, and uh, hopefully some people can benefit and, and enjoy listening to it as well. So, Michael, I'm curious what the last eight and a half months have been like, uh, and uh, obviously you are not the person that's been pregnant, so you have not been doing the challenging work of this pregnancy, right? Right. 
Um, so what has it been like for you to, uh, be married to someone who's pregnant? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's been definitely a challenge for her. Um, like she had a pretty tough pregnancy. Uh, so her first trimester, a lot of morning sickness. Um, I think she, so she watched, um, the Amy Schumer special on, on Amy Schumer's pregnancy. Uh, and so I think that was maybe some useful perspective because um, it seemed like Amy Schumer had like a really terrible pregnancy. Yeah, expecting uh, had, Amy on HBO Max. Yep, C- expecting Amy. Yep. Um, she like Amy. Amy had something called hyperemesis, where she like threw up like five times a day, had to be hospitalized. Um, and so, you know, wasn't that bad, um, but. You know, it was still it was still rough, and then you know, second try. Like we, we basically like learned what what is horrible about pregnancy. Uh, like at w- which stages are are bad and which stages are fine. Um, and her, so her, you know, her second trimester was was mostly fine, and now it's like third third trimester. She's about to pop, um, and it's th- things are really uncomfortable again. You know, so um, just like seeing that journey that so many women have gone through in, in history um, is, has been like really eye opening. Um, From my perspective, uh, I don't, I I think like it's, it feels, so I'm, I'm 36 years old. um, And so I I feel like, you know, I'm hitting the, like we're as a couple, we're hitting kind of the, the limits of like, the biological time that this can happen. Uh, and like, you know, we we're trying to plan for two kids as well. And so that's essentially why we're having a baby now um, is because is be- just because of scheduling reasons. I- exactly. <laughs> I, I think like, to, if not, I'm, not if because I'm, you're like, want to have one particularly at this I point. Mean, we, or because, yeah. 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 It, it's, it's a matter of timing. I think like we, I, I if I could have a, a kid when I'm 45, then I think I would be able to go into it like full hearted and like really, mm-hmm. really ready to do it. Uh, I think it, it's pretty crazy to me that people have these things like 15 years earlier than this. <laughs> than you, um, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, cause I just feel like there's, there's so much other stuff I want to do. Um, one, one thing that I think also is really challenging was like getting pregnant during COVID. Um, and, like when we took our we took we took a trip to Asia last year, and I wish I had known that that would be our last trip as a couple, you know. Um, so I I feel like you know I I feel like very lucky to be where we are during COVID and to like I and I think when it comes to having a kid, um, like having a newborn during COVID is much easier than having like a two year old. And like kind of like taking care of a two or like even like a five year old and t- taking care of that uh, while working and stuff like that, I think is uh, I think like, you know, having a newborn is, is much easier. Uh, but I think there's still a lot of, of stuff that I, I wish I had known would be our last time as like a couple before before it happened. Um, yeah, well, to say more about that, you're saying like getting pregnant during COVID was difficult, not not physically. You're saying because uh, li- like life in general, globally has transformed so dramatically, right? Like that um, the experiences you had prior to COVID are like the last experiences you'll have as a couple without 
a, a third party there right. present, right? Um, like the concept of a baby moon, even though a lot of people hate that term. Uh, yeah. we didn't, terrible, terrible we didn't, term. Terrible yeah, term. yeah, agreed. Uh, but we didn't get to have one. We didn't get like a last hurrah for for like you know our time as a couple. Um, like we're we're just quarantining, you know. So, um, and, and you know, especially we have to be even more careful. Like we, I, I think we 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 considered many times just like going and staying at an Airbnb somewhere. I think that's generally safer than uh, or like taking a road trip and staying at an Airbnb somewhere. That's like right. safer than flying and staying at a hotel. Uh, but even then, like it still felt like an unnecessary amount of risk uh, and like an unacceptable amount of risk to us, uh, given the fact that like you know pregnant women are uh, at risk. So yeah, immunocompromised. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, just I wish. Yeah, like I said, when when we took our last trip together, I wish we had known that it was the last trip. Like we didn't get a chance to really kind of like celebrate our time together as a couple, um, uh, like one last time. Uh, so I think that's, that, that, that's been one of the tougher parts of, uh, of the pregnancy. Yeah. If there was something you could do or could have done, uh, like if you knew going into COVID, like this would have been, you know, that, that things would play out as they did. Um, what would you have done differently or would you have taken a different trip or more trips or what would you have done? Yeah. I mean, I think we definitely would have taken at least one more trip. Like we wanted to see the Grand Canyon and, and Iceland. I think those are like two things that I really wanted to do before, before I became a dad. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, you can still do those things, right? Once uh, you yeah. become a dad. It's just going to be more complicated and much more of a yeah. pain in the ass. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, one day in a decade, decade and a half or so, you know, when the, the, the child is old enough, you, like you can maybe stash a child with me and uh, <laughs> do it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I um, so, I don't know. I don't really count those years at the end as like given, but I would love <laughs> I would love for that. To be. <laughs> yeah. That's like uh, tempting fate. So um, but uh, understood. Understood. Now, uh, we are starting to now see the first children born that were conceived during COVID, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they are entering a very strange, bizarre, upsetting world. And I guess I'm curious what your feelings are from the perspective of, you know, one thing I've heard that I've heard um, from some people is that like having a kid means you give up the opportunity or ability to be a pessimist. Um, and I guess I'm curious if that's started to hit you yet. Like you don't have a kid yet. You have not had a child yet. Um, but hopefully you will soon. And so I'm curious if that has, has hit you yet. Yeah. I mean, I remember having this conversation. Cause you, you and I are pretty pessimistic people yeah, yeah, in general. Sure. Um, I remember having this conversation with a couple of my friends at, at work, um, before, before we got pregnant of, how I consider global warming as, or sorry, climate change, um, as a reasonable reason to avoid having children. Right. Um, and at the time, like pe- people thought I was, like, I think they thought I was like being a, a bit ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I read a study recently that um, many millennials consider that like a valid reason, and they they talk about that as like a reason yes. that they're going to remain child free. Um, I wouldn't say that. Yeah. And, and like, honestly, it, it, it was like a pretty big factor in, like, I think, you know, bringing a child into this world, I think especially 
maybe in America, uh, particularly like with the way that wealth inequality and is going in, in, in this country um, and like no social safety net. I feel like uh, I, I worry about raising my kid here um, in, in particular. Uh, I still think that there's a lot of good places in this world that are, you know, trying to fight for a better future. I'm not entirely sure that America is one of them. Um, but I also would want my kid to be part of the solution too, you know? So I, mm. I, I kind of like weigh those two different, um, concerns. Like I, I want them to have a good life, but I also want to raise them to like fight for justice and, 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 and for good things. So I, yeah. I feel very conflicted and I feel like um, many people have told me that like raising a kid well is like one of the best things that you can do for the future. You know, it's like, you know, if you're, if your child can be part of the uh, like hope uh, and hoping for the future, that would be an amazing thing, an amazing legacy. Um, So I think about that a lot and I don't, I don't know exactly where I fall yet. I think it'll become more clear as, as time goes on. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, I think having <laughs> if your child is not part of the the quote unquote solution, having a child is also like one of the most carbon heavy uh, actions yep. you could perform, right? Like, yep. um, in terms of impact on the environment, is like creating a child. My understanding is like, you know, it, it more impactful than like hundreds of like flights that you might take or whatever, you know. So, um. I I was reading this uh, book by David Walls Wells called The Uninhabitable Earth. Have you heard of this book, The no, Uninhabitable Earth? Uh, and, and like, I, I haven't even got past the opening chapter yet. But the opening chapter is like this horrifying uh, kind of tour through what might happen. Let me read to you from The Uninhabitable Earth by David Walls Wells. Uh, he, he writes about how like even a small increase in temperatures, like three, four, five degrees Celsius, will create dramatically different results on the planet. He, he, he writes, quote, human experience and memory offer no good analogy for how we should think of those thresholds. But as with world wars or recurrences of cancer, you don't want to see even one. At two degrees, the ice sheets will begin their collapse 400 million more people will suffer from water scarcity. Major cities in the equatorial band of the planet will become unlivable. And even in the northern latitudes, heat waves will kill thousands each summer. There will be 32 times as many extreme heat waves in India. Each would last five times as long, exposing 93 times more people. That's our best case scenario, end quote. (laughs) Uh, And he goes on to like explain what is at stake and how we're kind of headed towards a really bad place. At the same time, at the same time as all that's true, uh, there there have been times in human history where I think things have felt even more bleak than they do today, right? Mm-hmm. Like, w- like I, I'm trying to imagine what it would be like to have a child during the Black Death, you know? Imagine, like, you your, your society doesn't even know, like, germ theory, or maybe they barely comprehend it, and... People are just dying randomly. Like you have no idea how to prevent it. Or if you do, it's some horrifying treatment that doesn't do anything, you know? And like, just like massive quantities of people dying, their bodies piling up on the streets. People had children during those circumstances as well. You know, like there's, there's been many times in in human history where things have felt like, well, this is the end for humanity. Like humanity's done after this. And people have had children and we've powered through. We figured out a way. 
Yeah. Uh, science has developed a way forward. You know, like we've we figured it out. Yeah. And so I'm kind of of two minds about it. You know. Yeah. Like one I, is. Yeah. Go I, ahead. I mean, I feel very similarly about like World War II and the Cold War. Like, if you know, kind of, I, I you know, I read this story and during the Cold War about like this Russian general that's that saw a or like th- th- there were analysts that saw um, nuclear missiles heading toward towards Russia. And he had the discipline to not retaliate uh, to, to like to investigate further. Um, and it turns out they were just like a glitch in the instrumentation. Uh, yeah. This one dude single-handedly prevented like nuclear winter and like p- potentially the annihilation of mankind. Um, so, yeah, I feel like, and, and then there's other instances where um, there's this like um, researcher who who basically saved a billion lives uh, with some. Uh, his name's like Norman Borlaug, and he basically came through at the eleventh hour to find this new strain of wheat that prevented like a global food food shortage um, in in like the mid nineteen hundreds. And so. I wonder. I mean, if look some... at even more recent examples. This whole RNA vaccine situation right. with the pandemic. You know, right. like no one, no one saw that coming, or, or at least not that many people saw it coming. Some people did, obviously, and they were well poised. Um, but yeah, these people are gonna gonna save us. And so, at, at at every time in in history when humans have felt like, oh, we're completely screwed, somebody or a group of peoples or large groups of people have stepped up and said, like, not today, not today, the god of death. Yeah. Not today for the human race. Yeah, um, um, and yeah, I, it would be great. It would be great if your child was part of that. But you know, um, as long as they don't become "quote unquote" part of the problem, I think that's still a victory. <laughs> agreed. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, a- as you're kind of on the verge of having this kid, uh, what are some of your biggest apprehensions? Like. What are your what are your biggest fears or your biggest kind of things you're worried about? Uh, yeah, and it can it can be you know selfish answers. Yeah, I'll tell you um, one of the things that I worry about the most is uh, you know I talked a little bit about wishing we had more time to like and and I have been married eight years, so um, we've had a lot of time. This is a lot more time than most couple get couples get, but yeah. um, we really like our life together. Uh, we just like being around each other and we're like friends. And um, I've heard many things about how having a baby, like I've, I've heard many, many stories to this effect. Like couples have been together for a while. They've like never fought. Then they have a baby and then they fight a bunch. <laughs> and like, yeah. it puts like a huge strain on the relationship. The, just so yeah. the, like first it's like the no sleep. And then like the, the people have different opinions about, um, how strict to be and stuff like that, and then like that—that's that's, that's well, when well, they're. My young. understanding is it like magnifies every personality difference, yeah. Right, because if you have a personality difference right now, you can just like not address it. You can just be like, we don't need to deal with that right now. Yeah. But because all of your decisions are impacting another human, like all the decisions, like they they basically end up like indirectly impacting the other person, right? Yeah, it's just uh, like yeah, that it's it's that's basically how I imagine it it's going to go down. It's just like you know all the all the minor things we've been able to smooth over um, are going to come out, um, and we're going to be like fifty times as irritable and cranky 
due to the lack of sleep. And, you know, we're, it's COVID time. And so um, I don't feel safe having our parents come help. Um, and, you know, they we, we, live, we live in an area far away from both sets of parents. So we're just not going to have like a ton of support uh, from from people who are like willing to come and like get their hands dirty with the baby. Uh, and, you know, like people have done it before, but not that many of my friends have really done that, like just just toughed it out on their own. Uh, and I know it's possible. Many people throughout history have done it, but um, it's it's going to be it's going to be tough and we're going to have to deal with it uh, as it comes. Yeah. Um, well, so, I, yeah. I, I understand practically there's challenges. Right. But I guess like f- philosophically or metaphysically kind of like. How are you thinking about the idea of having a child? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I, yeah, I think that that's another issue too. Is that um, I, I'm trying like not to have any expectations. I think like a lot of people have go into this with with like a lot of expectations of like, oh, I'm gonna play video games with my kids. I'm gonna teach them right. to love music. Uh, I am trying not to 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 do that uh, because I don't know what my child is gonna turn out to be like. Um, and I don't want to try to like mold them into something that they're not. Um, so I, I think it's just like really trying to, um, be, yeah, just like be neutral (laughs) about like the, like my, my expectations and my hopes for what I want this kid to turn out like, you know? Yeah. You have, are you saying you don't have any expectations whatsoever? I don't think I do. I, I basically, I want them to be a good person. Like I want them to have integrity and to like love justice um, and to, to fight for like the good in the world. Um, but I don't really have any particular things of like, oh, I want them to have a certain career or like anything like that. I've, I think our our generation and our like culture has seen enough of that for like 50 billion generations. So I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to do what was, pl- like what was placed on you and me by mom and dad. You're yes. Saying. Yes. Yeah. We should point out that our parents had very different approaches to the parenting thing. I, I no, I agree. I, and I, th- I don't think that our parents were that hard on us. Like when I you com- compared to like our other Asian American friends. Yes. We had we other had. Asian American yeah. friends whose parents were like truly tiger parents and our parents are pretty good in comparison, and and I think they're they, they you know they pushed us the the right amount. I felt um, and like sometimes like a little bit. I, I would say it, it aired on like the too hard side, but I would say um, definitely better than most. Um, well, I think that like I, I think that I would say you know dad dad was very much of your kind of laissez faire attitude, and yeah. and mom. Honestly, I don't think she knew what she wanted out of us. You know, oh, agreed. You, you watch like the Big Sick that movie, the Kumail Nanjiani movie. Yeah, and there was like this. Uh, there's this tension in that movie of he's like an immigrant, and his parents want him to behave like the old ways, like yeah. from their old country. But then it's like, why did they bring them to the yeah this country? Yeah, just and just I think, stay in Taiwan. <laughs> yeah, I think our mom was very much like that. Yeah, you know, she sure. she brought us to America wanting a better way, but she wanted us to kind of stick with the old ways of where we came from. And that just didn't really make much sense to us as we were growing up. Yeah. Um, but obviously you don't have any of that going on now because, uh, you know, you're, you're basically raised in the U S. Um, I, I, I think that like, are there values you want to raise your kid with? Like, um, do you want to raise them religiously? You know, like, 
Yeah, how, how, I mean, how are you that's a good question. That? I honestly like we we've thought about it a little bit, but I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I I see I see both. So to to give you a little bit more context on that, um, you know, D- Dave and I, I'm I'm sure you've talked about it uh, many times on your podcasts that uh, we were raised in a pretty religious home. Um, I wouldn't say like, I think our church is like fairly conservative. Um, and I think like we both now agree that the American evangelical church is one of the greatest evil forces on the planet. Um, (laughs) yep. Right. Like, I don't know if you've ever said those words on your podcast, but I think, yeah, I don't know if I'd put it that way, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I they, definitely they are contri- they are, they are contributing far more to damage our society than they are to help it right now, in yes. my opinion. Yes. And, I, and actually, like, I think I think I've heard it like a better way to describe this. I don't remember who said this online, but like, it's it's better to think of evangelicals in the U.S. not as evangelical Christians, but more Christian nationalists would be a better mm-hmm. would be a better description. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think they're they're a pretty big part of like how I feel like the United States flag is like almost a symbol of hate now. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. like, I feel like that stems from, but I, I, I don't know what, what the direction of causality is um, in terms of like, yeah. Yeah. Nationalism, jingoism and, 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 and the Christianity. Um, but I still like, I, I mean, and I, I've actually like been more researching like other world religions, like, and trying to like understand my spirituality a little bit better. Um, and so I kind of want my child to have a little bit more exposure to to other schools of thought uh, and like to to be able to make their own decisions. I think that's a lot. That's a pretty tall order for a child to like, like kind of reason out and to kind of deal with. And I've heard this like theory about um, like basically providing a container for your your kid when they're young, uh, like a container of like kind of strict rules and like uh, under like it's just easier to understand those things when you're young. Uh, and so for us, that was like kind of a religious upbringing uh, because it provides them something to kind of like rebel against later in life. Um, and so I feel like that, uh, I, I don't know, I, I think about that as like, you know, maybe potentially a, a good way to, to to think about it and then to be there to like kind of support them through their phase of like questioning and figuring out what, what they actually believe later in life as well. So what, what, it, well, I, what is the function of the container though? Is, is just like to organize their c- conception of the world? Exactly. Like, yes, exactly. But yeah, what like, is, what is the value in that? Like other, is the alternative, they live in a universe of chaos. Like what, I think what is that the... I, to, to me, I think that kind of resonates. Is that like, I feel like an, the other approaches where you like try to apply nuance when the child can't even understand nuance is, uh, is like, it, I, I don't know how effective it is, you know, um, like, oh, right, I, if right. I, if I raise them to believe that like, Hey, stealing is bad and killing people is bad. Like, I, I think like, you know, like kind of standard Christian morality, like that, obviously um, that that's, that presumes a lot about like cr- the Christian ethics being superior. Like I think of, of course, like many atheists also believe that killing and stealing is bad, but um but, but kind the, of but like the, the bonus of the Christian faith is there's always someone watching you, right? You know? <laughs> right, exactly. Um, not that I want my kids to grow up in, in like a culture of fear, but um, just that there there's some like really uh, there's there's like a set of rules, I guess, 
that they can like learn what is right and wrong from um and that it just kind of provides like a framework for their understanding of of right and wrong and morality and like integrity in the future um whether like yeah and again i've like only started thinking about this so I'm not sure exactly which way it's going to, but what, what do you, what do you think of that? I'm curious to hear. Um, Cause you, you and I, I think have diverged a bit in terms of like our approach to, to spirituality. Yeah. I, I, I honestly don't know. And it's not something I can really think about right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, like would I raise my, like there, there seems to me like, even if you don't believe it, there seems to me to be a great deal of utility just like social utility to raising your child in the church. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I, as we've said, it, it's a way of organizing like your understanding of the universe. Um, but also uh, there's like a lot of social value. It's like, Hey, yep. here's the thing we can yep. do every week to meet new people. And like, Oh, if something goes wrong at your job or, you know, if you're sick or whatever, you have these people you can rely on. Um, but it like, it's only really works well if you actually believe in it, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and at, at best I would say our relationship with, uh, Christianity is complicated. Yeah. Um, yeah. so, uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of where I'm at is like, I haven't decided yet. Um, but I would say there's like pretty compelling arguments in either direction. Um, and I don't know, I don't know, man. Um, yeah. I go to church and I'm, I'm pretty honest about where I am uh, with the people around me. And like, we happen to go to church that I think is okay with that. Like kind of people being living on the fringe of belief. And um, like, I think that there's one thing that I get from like, f- first of all, the people that we've, we've met, like the friends we've made at church are like our best friends. Um, like I, I just generally, I, I generally find that to be the case wherever we go. I don't know if it's like the the structure that church provides. Um, yeah. But I want I, I want that to be true for my kids too, and not not because of Christianity, but because of like the the value of like the social structure and like the value of community. Um, and so I think that is uh, very consistent with like the way I want them to live. Um, but like, there's a whole mess of stuff around like purity culture and like the you know fear fear based uh thinking and things like that and like the afterlife that i don't know <laughs> like I, I i would hope that like i i feel like that's all stuff that i would be taking a risk if i were to raise my kids like in this container based yeah uh yeah. you know structure is like that they might go all the way and become like a christian fundamentalist so um yeah, like so, I, I think it's like a, a a bit of playing with fire, like to try to get like the usefulness out of it, and like to get you're them trying to, you're trying to hit a very narrow target. Yes, yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. I, but I want them, I want them to be, spiritual. and ultimately, it will probably not be under your control. You know? Exactly. So. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Like, and so I think like we're, I, I, I don't know. I, I really don't want to uh, manipulate them into believing a certain thing. You know, I, I really want them to have the tools. Like I, re- I, yeah, like I think that's the most important thing is that just I equip them with the tools to figure out for themselves like what their spirituality looks like and who they are, you know, and that's that's what's most important to me. Let's talk about like practical things that are going to happen in the next few weeks if everything goes smoothly. Like, how have you prepared your house to have a child? Like, 
how are you preparing your life? You know, like what, what changes are you making to your life to make this go smoothly? Yeah. Um, I, I would say that he has done most of like the setup work. Um, but the, the nursery is like all set up. There's like a, basically a room devoted to, to the baby and like a place for him to play and sleep and whatever. Um, do you so have any from, like smart devices like nest cameras monitoring the kid or baby monitors there's just a baby monitor uh, and there's like a there's something called the hatch which is like essentially like a white noise slash peaceful sounds uh, machine mm. mm-hmm. uh, so I think that's like the most high tech gadget gadgetry that we have um, but everything that we have is like uh, either like donated to us from uh, from like secondhand from friends who have kids like we have a lot of friends who have kids in the area so we feel very lucky to have like had to buy very little stuff to uh, to make it that's work, something so. i've observed as uh my brother-in-law not you uh but my brother-in-law has had a child and it's like you spend so much money on these things that you literally will never use again right. for the rest of your life right right you, like it's like for for when the child is a very specific yep, yep, age yep like in terms measured by weeks it's measured in know? months yeah for the most part <laughs> yep yeah um and, it, it's like yeah this is one thing i've definitely observed about um about having a baby is just like the consumerism ramps up considerably um and even, yeah, so even you 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 we got we got to point something out you are one of the most anti-consumer people I know. Yes. Like, like you, you used to be frugal to the point where it would create like family conflict, yeah. and now like I think you've chilled out a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but you used to be frugal to the point where you, it would it would create family conflict. Like as an example, I, the the most vivid example I can think of is when you were going to come over for Thanksgiving and you didn't want to pay for the Uber ride <laughs> from the airport. Yeah. Like you're like, please pick me up because I don't want to pay for the Uber, and it's like. And I should point out, at the time, we were both working like at tech companies. So, you know, we, we're not like we're we're you know middle man. Like my brother and I are middle managers now, so we're not like rolling it or anything. But like we could afford an Uber ride. But you like saving money, right? And I you've do. chilled out. You've chilled out uh, quite a bit. You're not like me. I I like spending money, so I'm I'm quite the opposite. Um, but you you like saving money and. I'm curious, like if if that is changing, given that now you have like a whole set of expenses you need to worry about. I mean, we honestly haven't bought anything yet because <laughs> um, <laughs> you've just been get, taking hand me downs. Yeah, it's been it's been donated or like you know we, people have been really generous about buying stuff from a registry. Um, so yeah, I, I think like we're we're not in it yet. Um, I think that's going to change. I, I mean, like, obviously we've bought like diapers and wipes and like other, other disposable stuff. Um, but the, one of the, one of the most, uh, like, so we, I, we drive a sedan. It's like this really crappy sedan. It's like a 2007 Honda Civic. Um, and like, one of the things I, I do is like, I pride myself on driving like these, sh- these shitty cars. Um, uh, like I just, same, I, same. Yeah. 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 I, I like, I like the idea that like, I don't, like it's one of my values to not spend money on like really big, big ticket items, um, which, you know, like, I don't know. It, it, it feels like it's part of my identity. Um, mm-hmm. But I know that's like a really kind of like not a, not a great thing to, to, to hinge your identity on. But we, one, one thing is like, we picked up this, uh, we, we bought a stroller used. That's another thing that we bought used. Uh, so we brought, we bought a stroller used and, um, 
we it, it's like the the Civic is like a pretty tiny sedan, um, and we put the stroller in the trunk, and it took up all the room, and um, <laughs> like so we literally can't use the trunk for anything if we have the stroller in there. Uh, so like we can't like grocery shop because we're gonna have like the like yeah I mean we could we could probably squeeze right. some stuff but we can't go to like a big Costco trip if we had the baby there. Yeah. Uh, because the baby's going to be taking up space in, in the car seat. Um, and so it's just something I've noticed is just like, I wonder if this is just like a capitalist thing of like, do they make things this big on purpose? So like every everyone I know that has a kid drives an SUV. Um, like, I feel like that's like a, like a have to, like, it's like the standard parent mobile mm-hmm. um, or minivan, you know? And it's like, all this space for like such these, these tiny little humans. I wonder if it's just like, uh, if stuff has to be this big or if it's just like, you know, the, the way that society is set up, um, to, to, you know, to have people consume more. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. Like I, I haven't thought too deeply about it, but, um, I would definitely love to keep our sedan, but I'm not sure if we can. <laughs> is there anything else that you're like, Oh, I, I really wish we had this, or I didn't realize we had to buy this, and now we did. Like then we did get it. I mean, uh, he has done an enormous amount of research on like the stuff that is good for 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 like first time parents. But it's just suffice it to say, it's like just a ton of stuff, and like the industry is enormous. <laughs> and like uh, ever since she, ever since Instagram found out that she's pregnant has just like waged an all out assault on her attention mm. and like trying to get yeah. her to buy like new tech gadgets that I really think that people have done without for like millennia. Um so I'm I'm not sure how necessary or like how helpful a lot of this stuff is. Yeah. Um I I hope it'll be helpful, but um I also like I, I also have this practice of like everything I buy, I try to picture it in a landfill. Um, and so that's that's definitely something that's been sobering. As also like the fact that we are still renting, we're not we we haven't settled into a house yet, and right. so everything we buy, we have to like pick up and move, move with us. Later. Yes, it, gonna it's going to gonna it, suck. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like we've accumulated so much crap just in the in the three months that we've been at this like place. So um, I'm really not looking forward to like dealing with that on our way out. So that that's something that uh gives me the kind of keeps me up at night is just like figuring out how we're going to get rid of this stuff later yeah and we talked a lot about like concerns and stuff anything you're looking forward to you're excited about at all oh uh, yeah it's okay of course, if it's not. Of course. Yeah. yeah like uh, i mean from what my understanding like i've heard this quote uh, i can't remember i i'm really bad at attributing quotes unlike you i think um I think you're you're generally pretty good at remembering where you hear things from, but I'm I'm very bad at it. But it's something about how the having a kid like broadens your experience. It, it like uh, it makes the highs higher and the lows lower. Um, one of the things I'm really looking forward to is uh, like I've I've been on this uh, mindfulness kick and just like being like you know when I'm outside, just really stopping and um, like smelling the air uh like feeling the sun on my skin like kind of just like appreciating life for what it is um from i i saw this like beautiful post um on on instagram from uh one of the one of the moms that follows of of their child like uh at disneyland 
looking at the fireworks and like the mom like basically took the picture from behind her and wrote this like beautiful letter to her about like just seeing the world through her kids eyes um i that's one of the most exciting things uh to me is just like being able to experience the world fresh through my son's eyes and just like being with him as he discovers uh new things and like kind of like experiencing that magic again because i feel like i'm generally a pretty jaded person you're uh, one of the most jaded people yes, I know. Yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and so like it might even surprise you, David, to hear me say to to hear me talk like this, right? Um, so <laughs> yeah, that's something yeah. I'm I mean, I'm excited. I'm I'm excited to see what possible changes might come yeah. as a result of this massive life change. Yeah. Um, like I've so already tried exciting. to to make that shift in the past couple of years. It's just like appreciating. Um, the good in life, you know, and like appreciating, uh, yeah, just, it, there's a lot of beauty in the world. Um, and I'm hoping that having a kid will, will accelerate that and like really, really accentuate, um, how magical it is to, to be alive. You've said, uh, you actually have revealed that you are going to have a, uh, a boy. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, uh, do you have a name picked out? Uh, yes, but we're not going to... But so, you're not disclosing it. Yeah, yeah not I'm not going to disclose it. I don't want to jinx anything. We we have two names and like when the baby pops out, we're going to see if see if it changed our decision on on, on, on the name that we picked. I see. And what what is behind the decision to not reveal the name? Well, for the, there, there's part of it that's like, we don't want... Uh, we, we haven't revealed it to our friends because... We don't want them to steal the name. <laughs> like, it, like it, it's not. It, I don't think many. I don't think any of them would do it intentionally. Like, you can't. You can't name your kids the same name as your friends' kids or your friends. It's just like weird. Um. So I, I don't want them to like steal. So you're the name. saying your fear is completely unfounded. No, like I don't that think they, they would, would do it on purpose. But like, it brought up this like interesting possibility of like. What if they have a kid and they're like, oh, you know what would be a great name? And then it's our name because they remembered like, you know, we had mentioned, but we don't, they don't remember like where they heard it uh, or like, and they're that not so pretty remote. This seems pretty remote, Mike. Look, Dave, I just, I don't want to risk anything. <laughs> so that, that's, okay, that's so your number one reason for not revealing the name. I thought you were going to say something like, oh, you know, I'm superstitious. Don't want to jinx it. Don't want to assume everything. No, gonna those go are really okay. dumb reasons. My reason is smart. <laughs> okay. Okay. If you say so. Uh, all right. Well, uh, I think those are all the thoughts I, I wanted to ask you about for this inaugural episode of The Next Generation. Are there any anything else you want to share about where you feel right now as a document for future you and me? Anything else you're experiencing right now? I, I don't think my head's in the game yet, Dave. I think that's that's one thing that I've like yeah uh, come come to grasp is that like I haven't quite processed it, it, and yeah we we had this uh had a, an appointment last week that where we we were faced with the possibility that the baby might have to come this week uh there's just like some some minor medical issue that um might need to be addressed by inducing early um and that sentence into a tailspin it, it really like highlighted to me how unprepared I am, uh, like mentally for the, for this baby to come. And like, this, this is even with the, the knowledge that the baby could come any day, like it could come right now. 
Uh, yes, and that, while we're recording be, this. It, yes, exactly. And it would be full term, like the baby would be completely healthy, you know, like if, if, if it were to come out with no issues, like, you know, it's, it's fully, it's fully baked at this point. And it's only like uh, a matter of happenstance that it just stays in the womb for like, you know, two, two or three more weeks, right? Like, it's just like, yeah. uh, it could, it could happen any day now. And just like that, that information really highlighted to me how like mentally unprepared I am. Um, and so I wonder if this is something that all dads face and, or like maybe potentially all parents, um, is just like, uh, I feel like I'm going to get blindsided the day of, and I, I don't know what else I can do to like prep for it. Um, other than just to like reflect on it and like the kind of like the wonder of what's about to happen. So, uh, yeah, I mean like that's something I want to highlight. I don't know if it's like, I don't know how common it is. Um. Or if it's like less common in dads that were really excited for this and like really excited for the timing of when, when their baby's coming. Um, but that's, yeah, that's definitely something that I've, I've like kind of, I'm kind of worried about to be honest, but uh, yeah, I, I hope, I hope it's not too uncommon uh, uh, an occurrence. You know, what occurs to me as we're talking is like, I think, uh, mom and dad were nine years younger than mm-hmm. you no eight eight years younger than you when they had me yep uh and that's just that's pretty inconceivable eight years younger than you when they had me and then like traveled to the u.s around that to a completely foreign country around that time too right. imagine Having the kid 10 years ago, and also, by the way, you're traveling to a country where you don't really speak the language that well. Yeah. Like, if I moved to Portugal while I was, like, after one year after I had my kid, with, like, not that much money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's actually unfathomable to me. Um, but then they, they, and then they talk to us about, about, like, not taking risks. I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's so odd. You know, it's it's it was very much a do as I say, not as I do yeah. situation. But, 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 but you know, to your point about the but can page, you can you imagine like how no, unprepared yeah, like, they must have felt? You know right. what I'm saying? Like, I, I um, mean, like you know, maybe they grew up because they, they were not. Different... I, I, yeah, I, I would say they weren't like what I would describe as like truly financially independent at the time either. Oh, you definitely. Know what I mean, like, yeah, yeah, like they they were working. Like, dad was just like finding all kinds of odd jobs and stuff. Before yeah. they settled on the restaurant, you know, like he worked as a waiter and like a shoe store, I think. Um, I think he was, he, he worked in a shoe factory, if my understanding right. is correct. So, you know? yeah, and I mean, so, it, it seemed like life was pretty hard for him. Um, and I, I also think, too, like about my 30s um, and how like much I've grown to know who I am uh, in my 30s mm-hmm. uh, and like yeah. how little I knew about who I was in my 20s. And I can't, I can't imagine going back eight years and, and having my kid then. So um, I feel, I feel grateful for the extra time to like figure all that out. Um, I wish I had another 10 years, like I said. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Michael. Well, I think that's going to bring us to the end of this episode of The Next Generation. I don't, I don't even know how often you're going to be able to record these things. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, I would but, I would love to have you hop on for like 20, 30 minutes a week and do this, but like I, I don't want to assume that that's okay. You know, I, I've heard uh, I've heard mixed things. Like I've heard, obviously, like you, like your 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 world is completely upended. Like that's that that part is definitely clear. But I've also heard like 
you have a good amount There's of time. There's lots of downtime. It, yeah, yeah, you have a good amount of time. It's just like in in like these short spurts and you have no control of when. Yeah, it's like happens. unpredictable. You you have like two hours here, but you don't know when it's going to come. Yep, basically, exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. But I will try to bother you as much as I feel I can within my conscience for, for the foreseeable. For the foreseeable. Okay. So, that sounds like a great plan. You can find more episodes of the show at the next generation com and email us at the next generation at gmail.com feel free to send your well wishes your encouragement and your advice and i'll pass on useful stuff to my brother michael mike thanks for chatting with me today thanks dave